Welcome to REI Spotlight. I'm your host, David Schwan, and today's special guest is Brian Martinez. Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, David, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we appreciate you uh, being on the show. Give us a little bit about a little bit of your background, please. Yeah, so um, my name is Brian Martinez. I'm with Newview Trust Company. We specialize in self-directed IRAs and solo 401ks. And most of our clients invest in things like real estate and multifamily syndications, mobile home parks, land. And a little more about Newview. We've been in business since 2003, and I've been with Newview for the past three years. So I've had the uh, opportunity to network with a lot of like-minded investors and learn a lot more about how people can invest their money using tax-deferred or tax-free vehicles. Awesome. Awesome. Um now, with a little bit of um, just a difference in between the self-directed IRA and a solo 401k, um, the type of investor that would use those, what would you say is the biggest difference in between those two on, on why you'd pick one over the other? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so self-directed IRAs are are perfect, and most people would be eligible for a, a self-directed IRA. The contributions aren't as high in the self-directed IRA as they are with a solo 401k. Um, the only IRA that has similar contributions would be a SEP, which both of the SEP and the solo 401k are designated for specifically self-employed individuals. So it kind of really comes down to, are you eligible for one or the other? And okay. most people are eligible for a traditional or a Roth IRA. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And they even, you can self-direct your Roth IRA. Uh, just that that's uh, one of the ways that you can go. Oh yeah, definitely. There, there's quite a few different types of plans that can be self-directed into alternative assets. Um, you have your traditional IRA, your Roth IRA, um, then your SEP and your simple IRAs. And most people don't know this, but you can even self-direct a health savings account and an education savings account. Awesome. Um, that's I've not I've only heard that once or twice before. So that's definitely the. Uh, that that's definitely some knowledge that needs to be out there because I don't see that referenced as much as, you know, maybe a solo 401k or self-directed IRA, but definitely I've not seen much on the, uh, on the educational or the, uh, the health savings account. So thank you for, uh, sharing that for sure. Um, now digging into, uh, on the, on the self-directed, IRA. Um, what are what are some of the rules and stuff that my listeners should be of thinking about on that? As as far as um, like you said, you were talking about contribution limits. What does that typically look like? Whether it's on the self directed or just a regular IRA. Um, okay, so most people don't take advantage of those contributions. If you're making a contribution to like a traditional IRA, then, you know, you can, I'm not a tax advisor, I'm not a CPA, but, you know, if you make a contribution to a retirement plan, you can typically write that off for that year and it'll grow tax deferred for you once you invest that money 
Now, my favorite type of plan would be a Roth. Um, the Roth IRA is going to grow for you tax-free if you know you invested that. You pay the taxes now versus paying the taxes later. So you don't pay taxes on those capital gains. It's a pretty powerful account to have. Um, and the contribution limit, limits for those two plans are, it's not too much. You can only contribute $6,000 to a traditional and a Roth IRA. And the Roth IRA, you can only contribute if you don't make a certain amount of income. And if you're married, you can't exceed that amount of income that year either to make that contribution. Um, the other plans like the solo and the SEP, the maximum you can contribute to those is $57,000 um, if you're under the age of 50. Now, if you are over the age of 50, there are some catch-up contributions um, that you can contribute, which is a little bit of extra money towards those those plans. It's not too much. It's only an extra $1,000 for a Roth or a traditional IRA, but it makes a big difference in the SEP and the for, solo 401k. It's, it's um, a $6,000 difference. So um, there's some great advantages to, you know, for tax purposes to be able to do that. Not only that, but you're building your wealth on a tax deferred or a tax-free way. Yeah, definitely on, you know, well, you know, we all want to pay our, our fair legal amount of tax, but nobody wants to pay more than their fair share that the IRS is going to come after them for. And if you get to build wealth and, um, you know, kind of keep the tax man at bay, that's always a uh, that's always a win win in that situation for sure. Um, now, with if, if you are self-directing your IRA and you're looking to invest in a property. Now, if I want to say, say grandma wants to sell me her house, but she wants to rent it back from me. Is that something I can do inside of one of these vehicles or, or, is, or are there some limitations to it? Yeah, there's actually some, some, some rules. So these are what the rules are. Your investments, they must be passive investments. They must be at arm's length. And then there are some disqualified parties that can't do business with your IRA. The disqualified parties are the IRA owner and their spouse, their parents and their grandparents, their children, their grandchildren. Um, so your ascendants and your descendants, um, as well as your spouse's ascendants. And being that your grandma is the one selling you the house, unfortunately, that would be prohibited in a self-directed IRA because that now your IRA is doing business with a disqualified party. So that wouldn't work. You also can't live on that property either if your IRA owns it. Um, you can't even put sweat equity into the property. If it needs work or any rehab done, it's got to be done by a third party. There are some people in your family tree that are not disqualified parties. That would be any branches of your family tree, like brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. Those people are okay. So, so they can work on it. They just can't live in it. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, well, the disqualified parties cannot work on it, but the brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, they they could potentially be rent renters as well if they wanted to, and they can work on the property, but they have to be treated like any other tenant would be. They have to be paid the same amount, you know, of rent that you would charge any stranger. Okay. Um, now, are those are those the same? Do I, I ask for? for the IRAs, do those same restrictions apply for the solo 401ks too, or are they treated different? Yeah. So the solo 401k actually, it's a cool plan. It allows you to invest in both traditional investments and alternative investments like real estate. Um, it's, 
it's the same rules for the most part, but a, a 401 k plan. There's only one exception to the rule, and that's with the solo 401k, you can take a loan out for a primary, your primary residence. Um, the most would be up to $50,000. And you do have to pay that back though, just like any other loan. You pay yourself back. You're paying yourself back with interest over five years. You're making quarterly payments. Um, and it could be used for your primary residence. That's the only exception to the rule. But other than that, all those same self-directed IRA uh, policies apply to the solo 401k. Now, is there any limits on, you said, you know, alternative investments when you're using, you know, when you're self-directing one of these, um, I mean, besides, you know, the, the, the family association and living in the property, um, you know, those restrictions, are there any other restrictions on what you can invest in as far as an alternative uh, investment strategy? Yes, there are some other things you cannot invest in. Um, let me go back to that solo 401k question, previous one. Yes. It's actually 10 years. They give you 10 years to spread that loan out and pay it back over 10 years if it's used for your primary residence. For your primary residence. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and it's also has some advantages where if you did take any leverage out or you needed a mortgage or took out a loan to buy that property, um, it's not subject to UBIT or UDFI. It's exempt from that, which self-directed IRAs are subject to that taxation. Um, okay. So, so things, uh-huh. I said, so that's, that's one of the biggie. If you qualify for the mm-hmm. 401k, why you would choose to go with along with the, the uh, being able to, uh, contribute more to it, you would also mm-hmm. want to have that also. Oh yeah. That's, I think that's one of the biggest uh, selling points of having a solo 401k is being exempt from, you know, any of those taxations, if you're using any type of leverage to buy the property. Um, but the other two things that you cannot invest in are collectibles, which includes alcohol and you cannot invest in any life insurance. Okay. Okay. Well, that those, those, make you know those those are those make sense mm-hmm. um but i guess my collection of jack daniels i guess i can't <laughs> uh fund that but that's that's a risky investment anyway you know sometimes uh you, you know investing in, in liquid collectibles doesn't always pan out for me <laughs> but um yeah on um what other what other parts of the self-directed IRA should my listeners really know about? Um, what's something that we haven't covered yet on it? Uh, so it's a really powerful tool that not enough people know about. If you know, you're know you already investing in real estate or you're doing you know, private lending, hard money lending, and you're doing it with your own cash, you could be doing that same thing in an IRA. And there's some tax benefits. You know, it's going to grow tax for your tax deferred, depending what type of IRA that you're using. There's a lot of great strategies that you can use using IRA funds versus using your own cash. Um, and, you know, it's kind of sad, but only about 10% of the United States even knows about self directed IRAs. Most people think they have to invest their retirement money in the stock market, and that's actually not true. Definitely. Um, and, and that, 
you know, who, who really wants to be completely all into the stock market with its volatility and its, its big swings up and down, you know, it's, it's, it's fun riding up, but that, that roller coaster (laughs) ride down is, um, Mm -hmm. You know, you thought a scary, scary roller coaster at the amusement park was bad. Wait until, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait until your retirement's on the down, downswing. That's uh, that's a whole nother le- level of uh, stress and anxiety that you really don't want to take. Um, at least no, me personally, I, 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 I don't like that ride very much. Like I said, you know, it's it's fun and exhilarating on the way up, but. If it starts mm-hmm. going the other direction, that's uh, that's pretty pretty rough. Um, yeah, I personally believe in you know diversification. Like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Somebody made that up for a reason. It's the truth. You know, you want to diversify your portfolio, do a little bit of different things, and I think that's the the best way to ensure your success. Definitely, because it it's that way you're spreading risk and reward. Um, you know, over multiple things, but, you know, as, as we all should know, you know, investing is always cyclical, uh, you know, it's always in a cycle, you know, it's, you know, one thing's going to be going up, one thing's going to be going down and, you know, and sometimes it's a good time to do this or that, you know, and everything has its time and its season of, you know, when you should be jumping in and when you should be jumping out, you know, so, definitely on the diversity thing is, is we should have, you know, spread out into multiple, multiple assets, multiple asset classes and multiple investing vehicles, you know, just to, uh, just to make sure that you have a little bit more of a, a built-in safety net. Yep. I agree. We're on the same page. And, um, what, um, What other rule is, uh, what other, uh, or now that, what would be the process if somebody, you know, they're, they're a W-2 employee and they have an IR, you know, they have their 401k with their employer. How difficult is it to be able to go from that, you know, employer managed or, you know, they have some sort of firm managing it to switching it over to a self-directed IRA or self-directed IRA or self-directed, you know, 401k, you know, whatever fits for them. What's uh, right. what's that process usually look like? So that's a really good question. Probably one of the most common questions that I get. Um, you normally, if you've been with that employer, say your whole working career and that's your 401k plan, it's not even eligible to be rolled over into a self-directed IRA until you either switch employers or you reach the age of retirement and then you have more control of your funds at that point. If you have any funds from a previous employer that's combined to that current 401k plan, and there's all different types of plans, not just 401ks, there's 403bs, 457bs, TSPs, like any of those plans, it's pretty much locked up. But if there's previous employer money in there, those funds are eligible to be rolled over into a self-directed IRA. That little bit of a portion from a previous employer would be eligible. Okay. Um, so basically if, if you're thinking about that, you probably should have a conversation with a, a, a professional who deals in these just because there's so many different nuances and, and what you may or may not qualify for, or, 
you know, be in that you should probably really one of the this instances that you need to hire a professional that does what they do so that you're 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 in the right space and you're looking at the right options for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad, unfortunately, that, you know, these employer plans don't allow people to invest in alternative assets, because um, there's they should be there are very few employers that are not tied to just the stock market. And, and it's just because it's easier, they, you know, it's a click of a button to buy a stock and a self directed IRA, it takes a little bit more work, it's called self directed for a reason. <laughs> Definitely. Um what would you say um, are some of are, are there any negatives besides the the paperwork side of it mm-hmm. of you know getting into a self directed you know re- retirement account um, are there any downfalls that somebody should be aware of that this now you know if you do go this way you know mm-hmm. this is maybe a, a, a pitfall that you should know ahead of time or you should be watching out for. Well, not watching out for just, I mean, there's certain things like, you know, checkbook control, which, you know, I'm at Nuvi and we do have checkbook control, but it's one of those things that you need to make sure you're very well educated on what the process would look like, how to structure the operating agreement, make sure it's within compliance of the IRS. And, you know, if you do need to make contributions or take distributions, it's not done through the LLC you created for the IRA. It has to be filtered through the custodian, which would be NewView. So you would make your contribution or take, you know, your distribution through NewView. So that way it's recorded on the tax form, the 1099R tax form. And the only other caution I, I do tell people is make sure you keep up with your fair market value forms. You know, every year, if you own a property, that price and that value of that property can go up, it can go down, but it's up to you to really have, you know, record that and, you know, we do send emails and remind everyone that, you know, we need to report this on the 5498 tax form, but it's just one of those things people neglect to do on their own, be proactive on. If you put a lot of sweat equity and you improved on this property then the value of that property is going to increase. And that means, the, you know, the amount of your IRA would increase with the property. Now, if um, back to, and I guess this one just popped into my head is as far as the sweat equity, mm-hmm. you cannot like, like if you bought the property outside of your IRA and then put in your sweat equity, you're not eligible to sell that back to your IRA. Is that correct? That is correct. You cannot buy an existing property because you're still the IRA owner, which you're still a disqualified party from doing any business transactions with your IRA. They actually go as far as you couldn't even sell that property to a third party and then have your IRA buy it from that third party because that's called a per se transaction. So that's as that's pretty much even prohibited as well. And most people don't know about that, but um, it, it, the IRS created these rules for a reason. I don't know why, but they're definitely created for a reason. Well, the, I, I mean, I understand that, you know, it's like, look, we're, we're, we're handing you something. We're giving you a, a, a bunch of big advantages. And Mm -hmm. we just have to kind of make sure that you don't go too far with the advantages. It's, it's kind of a, (laughs) you you, you know, it's, it's, you know, the government giveth and the government taketh back away, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so they, they have to have some sort of control to kind of, 
you know, try to keep the, the playing field the way that they, they, they wish to do it. So, you know, when you own the field, you get to control how the play is. (laughs) (laughs) Good analogy. I like that one. You know, so, um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, only 10% of the nation knows that it even exists. So, you know, if you are in that situation, especially if you have old 401ks that you haven't rolled over or they're sitting out there, or even Mm -hmm. if you have rolled those over, or if you've, what, you know, if you were lucky enough to find a new employer very recently and you have a big old 401k that needs to be rolled over, this is a great option for somebody that wants to have that better control and that more control over what, how Mm -hmm. their dollars are working for them. Yeah. I think that's the name of the game is like, would you rather control your money or would you rather trust somebody else to control your money? You can't control the stock market. However, you can control owning a property in your IRA, which property you want to buy. You can choose it. You can pick how, what color you want to paint it. You can make all those decisions on, you know, who your tenants are going to be and, you know, what the terms of the, you know, lease agreement look like. And you can't do that with a stock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just because you own some stock, you can't walk into, you know, walk up to uh, Coca-Cola's headquarters and go, um, yeah, I want to sit down because I have, uh, you know, I, I bought $2,000 worth of your stocks. I want to, you know, I, I want to sit down and meet with the CEO and, and you know, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which they probably should be if you're showing up with only investing $2,000 in Coke wanting to talk to the CEO that you probably do need to be seen by somebody. <laughs> um, but yeah, having, having that, that control over where, how your money is working for you, I think is, uh, something that a lot more people, if they know about it, would think that that was an option in a way that they would want to go. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, what would you say we're, we're going to, I'm going to wrap up with my, my final two questions that I try to ask everybody is one, what is a book or uh, another learning resource that you would recommend somebody check out? Um, there's two that have, that I use um, bigger pockets. Of course, I think most people that are getting started in real estate look to bigger pockets as a great resource. And I think just rich dad, poor dad, it helps you create a different mindset and look at things differently about just saving. And, you know, they don't touch a lot on self-directed IRAs, which is okay, but just the point of saving money, whether it be in a retirement vehicle or in your checking account um, and micromanaging, you know, how your expenses are being, you know, the things you're spending money on that add up at the end of the year, you don't realize how much money you spent on Starbucks, but it does add up to a big chunk of change and those small, you know, changes you can make to your life would make a big difference. Definitely. And the last question I always like to ask is how do you like to give back to your community? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Actually, I knew you, we take a lot of pride in that. We try, we try to give back as much as we can. We have a wheelchair foundation called share the love where we, We'll, we'll take no wheelchairs, we'll, we'll, you know, we raise, raise money, money and we do events and it was challenging during the pandemic. Um, but, but we will go to a wheelchair delivery to, 
you know, you know a lot of other countries. We've gone to Mexico, Belize, Costa Rica, Peru. I mean, and it's pretty rewarding to you know be able to provide people with these wheelchairs that they don't have access to. Their countries don't have these things for them. And, you know, they're not mobile. They're not able to get around. And they might have a wheelchair that was donated, maybe, or they purchased it. They have to save up for years to get that wheelchair. And those things don't last forever. So it's pretty nice to be able to give them, you know, something that they will value and take care of and cherish. And it gives them that mobility that, that you know, we all take for granted. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds like a, um, a an amazing charity. Um to, to be able to give back to, um, how can my, what, how can my listeners reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you and, you know, to, to help, uh, you know, if they want to find out a little bit more, if they want to get more information on what you're doing. So if you go to our website, newviewtrust.com, it's called N-U-B-I-E-W, trust, T-R-U-S-T.com. Our website, there's actually a little chat option. It'll pop up when you go there. You can download our e-guide. That's a great place to get started. Um, put your information in there. I'll reach out to you, or someone from my team will reach out to you. If you want to call me directly and have a one-on-one you know, consultation, I'll give you my direct phone number so you don't have to go through any extensions. Um, my number is 407-519-9172. Um, or you can always reach out to David. He'd be happy to introduce you to me as well. Definitely. And I will have all that information also in the show notes uh, so that everybody can can have that information. And again, Brian, I just thank you so much for hopping on and spending time with us and helping share this knowledge with my listeners. Again, um, thank you. Thanks a lot, David, for having me. It was a pleasure. You had some good questions and I hope the audience appreciates the information I provided. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.